Welcome back guys to Death Blow Podcast, this is Middle Kel and as I promised here it is the part 2 dedicated to Pelle Olin, known as Dev. So let's start. In 1988 Pelle Olin lands at Fornebu Airport. The guys in Mayhem were at the airport to take him. And they were surprised when they saw Pelle dead only with uh, a bag with a few things and with a Swedish accent that the guys in Mayhem didn't understand at all, so they needed to switch in English to understand each other. On his luggage or bag, Necrobatcher remembered that uh, he only had fake blood and uh, comics. Pelle lived uh, at uh, one time at Oystein's apartment, then at Jorn's apartment. And on summer 1988, they, he was living together with Jan Axel in an abandoned house in the woods. If you ever read the book The Death Archives, written by Necrobatcher, you perfectly know what I'm talking about. In 1988, like I told in the Euronymous episode, there were no recordings. I want to talk about especially the New Year's Eve in 1988, where Pelle Dead cut himself so badly that they put the handcuffs on him and brought to the near police station when they were at Metallion's apartment. On this New Year's Eve, Pelle was so drunk, because he got drunk very few times, maybe twice in three years, so he was talking with Thomas Lindberg, known as Godspell, from the ex-band Grotesque, now at the gates. He was saying something like, let's go to Transylvania, Tompa. And uh, Thomas answered, like, maybe not. So Pelle, for some kind of reason, uh, started to cut his own artery. And uh, for this, they needed to stop him and put the handcuffs on him. We could say that this uh, event was the first one of the other ones. Pelle always showed to be shy and reserved because he didn't talk very much, not even with his bandmates. So it was very unusual that a guy so calm like him exploded in that terrible way, cutting himself so badly. So after this terrible event, we need to arrive at 1989. After Pelle received the first assignment and a social apartment, he started to live in Beverdalen, but we don't know how many months he stayed there. After he lived in Beverdalen, we could say that he started to live in Beverstad, near Langus, together with Mayhem. I think that here they lived in extreme poverty and with basically very few food per week. We don't know exactly how many months uh, he lived uh, here, 
either. In 1989 there was only one recording official, that is Mayhem and House, at the Necrobatchel's Yard. Mayhem recorded here a raw composition of songs like Bully Batam and Dust, Freezy Moon, an untitled track and something more. Meanwhile, he was writing the lyrics for these songs, Pelle was starting to be extremely depressed and even suicidal. He was full of cuts on his body and he was talking about death. That was the only thing that cared for him. Thanks to Once Upon a Time in Norway a documentary, we knew that Pelle even slept inside a coffin for three days to have fungus under his eyes. He really wanted to be a dead person, to represent and to incarnate the death itself inside of him. Many rumors around Pelle dead, especially one. One night he was not able to sleep very well, so he took a knife and tried to hunt a cat that was near the house. He came outside only with underwear and the knife. But we don't know if he really killed it. So about this I'm not sure if it was true. Another Pelle's passion was even horror movies. He was a very deep fan of Evil Dead, a splatter movie of the 1980. Another movie he liked was Bad Taste. He even loved even The Exorcist movie and the Cannibal Holocaust and Cannibal Ferox. This movie in particular was very extreme probably with the real deaths of animals. But about this I'm not sure. A very controversial movie where even the director was condemned. We could say the bloodier the better movies. He even liked snuff movies. A footage of real death. Real killings, real shootings where people really die for real. We could say that Pelle Olin even liked B-movies, low-budget movies. Talking about music, one of his favorite bands obviously were Venom, Battery, Metallica, Merciful Fate, Motorhead, ACDC, Destruction, Kiss, Slayer, Creator, and Sodom was one of his favorite ones. If you remember well, Pelle even wore a hoodie of Sodom Persecution Mania album, 1987 album. Check it out, people. Napalm Death, Sacred Crucifix, Winter from USA, Sadistic Execution, Baratron, obviously Tormentor from Hungary, Merciless, Matricide, Sarcophago, Vulcano, Angkor Wat, Amen, Massacre, Lobotomia, Reincarnation, Draft, Asphyx, Necrodet from Italy, Necrofy from Japan, Dead Speed, Nausea, Casba, Nuktemeron, Aggressor, A Loud Blast, Mutilated, Merciless Death, Slashing Death, Imperator, Sadistic Noise, Death Chamber, Poison Germany, Azaktot, Yogg Sotot and Damnation. And 
at the final Manta's death. I try to say all of them. If you have time, listen to their own demos and albums, guys. Check it out. Pelle knew this band thanks to the tape trading circuit, like I explained in the first episode. You can listen to the first episode on Spotify, DevBlow Podcast, and on YouTube, DevBlow Podcast. Then it comes 1990, the year of concerts. Like I said in the episode 4 and episode 5, dedicated to Uranimus, first date was 3rd February 1990 in Yesheim and then 28th February 1990 in Fulheim, Salzburg. Peleolin is extremely convinced, is extremely dark on stage, so much to start cutting himself so badly with a Coca-Cola bottle that he broke before started cutting his own arms. Necrobatcher on the NRK interview said that Pelle wanted to do it together with Toystein, but Necrobatcher was not happy of this idea. He was not very much agree with Toystein to do it. And after the Yesheim concert, brought Pelle to the near hospital because he was losing so much blood. What we know is that after Yesheim concert, there was even an after party, but we don't know very much. So we need to arrive at the 28th February 1990, where Pelle, like Yesheim, decided to cut himself as well. If you think to watch it on the YouTube video or about Salzburg, you're wrong because it is almost impossible to watch because it's too dark and you can't see anything. After these two concerts, Mayhem were so broke that they needed to sell even amplifiers and who knows what else. After lived in Wevelstad for the first months of 1990, Mayhem moved in Krogstad Villa, the famous Red House, where Pelle Neustein and the rest of Mayhem rehearsed and talked, and basically lived there. According to many people, Pelle was very reserved during parties and very odd that he didn't answer to the questions and he was really depressed. Another passion of Pelle was the drawing. He was very talented to draw, that he even created a sort of covers albums for bands. His drawings were very dark, like a demon inside a cage, and even drawings about Transylvania. Yes, because Pelle loved Transylvania and even Romania as a country. But at the contrary of Euronymous, he didn't like dictatorship and he didn't care very much about politics. He liked the ancient legends of Transylvania and Romania, especially the Vlad Tepes castle, the Bran castle, he was very addicted to these dark stories about ghosts, about demons, and real stories of mysterious deaths 
He was always curious to read even books about Transylvania, but we don't know if he read one of them. He even liked the mysterious books about exorcism and even all the grimoires, books to do rituals, to invoke demons and even spirits. What I perceive is that he even loved paganism and the pagan rituals and I think that he was even loving astrology or even astronomy. As a person that loves the afterlife makes me think that he even loved the planets, something related to the space and especially the universe in general. He was so fascinated about this land that he wanted to move even there to live in Transylvania but to remained only a dream. In one of his drawings he even written in the midst of the Carpathians because he really loved the mountains of the Carpathians. He was really fascinated even about the landscapes there. In one particular drawing he even drawed a church, the Voronets Monastery. This is a medieval monastery in the town of Gura Humorului. Sorry, I don't know Romanian. And because Transylvania or Romania contains many dark stories, there is one related to this place. Wikipedia says that a legend says that Stephen the Great, in a moment of crisis during a war against the Ottoman Turks, came to Daniel the Hermit at his skit in Voronezh and asked for advice. Daniel told him not to surrender the fight. Then, after victory, he must build a monastery dedicated to St. George, the original entrance above the Church of St. George, now in the Exonertex, bears the inscription. Another place that Pelle drawed was Sapinza, I don't know how to pronounce it, in Maramures County. This is very known as a village because there is the Mary Cemetery. That it is very particular. It is famous for its brightly colored tombstones with naive paintings describing the people who are buried there in addition to scenes from their lives. Thanks to Wikipedia. Basically on their epitaphs there is written in the way they died. And Pelle found this very particular. Just to show that death is not always related to something bad, but even to something more humorous or funny. From February 1990 until November 1990 there were no recordings, except one. In April 1990, Pelle Olin, together with Mayhem, recorded two songs, Freezing Moon and Carnage, at the Creative Studios in Kolbotna. It was only official recording with Pelle dead. And it's a pity, because the mysterious Dom Satanas with him would have been different. Special and cult album. 
even more than there is now. In July 1990 there were uh, the rehearsal with Mayhem at the Crockstad Villa, but uh, no recordings uh, or re rehearsal tapes uh, were recorded or even VHS. So we need to arrive at November 1990. Euronymous organized the East Germany tour and plus Greece and Turkey. First date was November 23rd, 1990 in Annaberg-Buchholz in Saxon. There they met Abelsleben, the official promoter of East Germany tour. What the people don't know is that uh, during the East Germany tour, Pelle Dead got instant problems with his respiratory system. He suffered from heavy colds deep out of his lungs, like a bark, and he had a heavy cold too. This was from the book of Abo Leben, Mayhem Live in Leipzig, where the translation will be very soon. So check it out and stay tuned. The other date was in Zeitz, Saxon-Anhalt region, West Germany. It's important to recognize and to remember that uh, the Germany was divided in two at the time. So that's why I call East Germany and West Germany. I'm speaking for the new generation that didn't live those years. In Zeitz they recorded one cassette, audio recording, but it's very poor quality and sometimes it's very difficult to distinguish the instruments plus the voice. Live in Zeitz contains A-side, Death Crush, Necrolust, Funeral Fog and Freezing Moon. B-side, Carnage, Bury Batam and Dust, Chainsaw Guts, Fog and Pagan Fears. A new one. Here the recording scene comes from afar. Very far was the band when they recorded. And now let's talk about the most important concert, Leipzig, where Mayhem played live at Excise Color Club, now Con Island, in Connewitz, a neighborhood in Leipzig. This is the most important and official recording with Pelle Dead. Live in Leipzig was released from Obscure Plasma, an Italian record label. This record label was founded by Roberto Mammarella, the singer of Monumentum Band, and then changed the name in Avant-Garde Music in 1994. Here there are only audio recording and pictures, not VHS. A-side we have Death Crush, Necrolust, Funeral Fog, The Freezing Moon and Carnage. B-side Bury by Time and Dust, Pagan Fears, Chainsaw Guts Folk, Pure Fucking Armageddon and Freezing Moon. This was the first release. The second release was by Peaceville Records and it's the following. Death Crush, Necrolust, Funeral Fog, Freezy Moon, Carnage, Bully Batman Dust, Pagan Fears, Chainsaw Guts Fog, Pure Fucking Armageddon. Here Peleolin cut himself as well like in Yesheim and probably Salzburg. He wanted to represent the same horror show that he did in Norway. The recording of the Leipzig concert was thanks to a ghetto blaster and microphones. Necrobatcher never wanted to publish this one, 
while steady running was dead. Another gig that they wanted to do but they didn't it was live in Greece with Baratron Band on December 5th and 6th. But they didn't play there because Pelle mistaken a letter so they went to Holland. During the trip from East Germany to Turkey, Pelle lost the wallet. So he started to accuse the passengers who had it. They were traveling in extreme poverty and with no food. To reach Turkey for the other date on December 9, they had many problems. Helammer and Ed were on the train, while Jorn and Oystein stopped at the train station and waited some hours to take a bus and reach for Istanbul. It was a very heavy, tiring trip. So when Jorn and Oystein arrived in Istanbul, they visited a little bit the town. And Euronymous was very happy to be in Turkey while Pelle instead was very exhausted. It was a friend of Arkan Oudverici to, to make them visit the town. But about this we don't know very much. So after one day they reached the Izmir concert organized by Arkan. There is a particular detail that Arkan said in one interview that I read around the live in Izmir. Bell and the rest of the band had a bet on the Turkish shaman to take a shower. Arkan said that uh, Euronymous told to him about Dad's self-destructive acts, but he understood what he was talking about when he saw Dad, that he had a deep scar at his belly, and his arms were full of cuts. Pelle was very silent and not very talkative. In this town, Mayhem played with IDEA and Hazy Hill, two bands from Turkey. At the venue, Mayhem played only three songs and immediately two police officers arrived at the door. The electricity was cut down and Mayhem were very, very angry. So, after this event, Mayhem came back home broke and uh, with a few dollars. When they came back, Pelle was always closed in his room, drawing and writing lyrics, and while Euronymous was writing letters and taking care of mostly about the business in the Deadlight Silence productions. Pelle and Oystein were into each other's nerves very often after this uh, terrible uh, tour. Pelle's father was very worried about him, so he asked if he wanted to attend art school, but Pelle said that he would have thought about it, but never did, because on April 8, 1991, Pelle was found dead. He killed himself so badly, with a shotgun and the cuts on his wrist and on the throat. Many people until today think that uh, Pelle was pushed by Euronymous to kill himself and uh, that uh, he felt not part of this world. Until today the mystery of his death 
is still a mystery. Many people think uh, that Euronymous killed Pelle, but uh, the police said that it was not him to have killed him. So it was uh, uh, reported as a suicide. Necrobutcher still feels the miss of Pelle dead until today, and he misses terribly his friend. While Euronymous was not very much feeling lonely, depressed after the missing the death of Pelle, but quite opposite. He took the pictures of Pelle dead and spread around to few contacts that he had, especially one in particular, Mauricio Montoya called the bull metal from the band Massacre in Colombia, that after the Euronymous death published a bootleg called the Down of the Black Arts with the pellet dead on the cover. And uh, until today it's really impossible to remove from the net this terrible and sad picture where you see Pelle's corpse lying on the ground full of blood. Many people think that Euronymous did for money because he needed to take a sort of advantage doing it. But I think it was most a way, in my opinion, to cope with Pelle's death. I honestly think that Euronymous suffered terribly after the, for the loss of his friend. In many letters he declared that Mayhem were dead and Euronymous. How is possible that this man didn't feel any emotion? For me, it's impossible to remain impassable, to remain cold in a situation like that, that is very heavy. A mixture of emotions let him explode probably inside. But about this we cannot talk because we will never know. I want to say something to Pelle fans and Mayhem fans to please to don't share the suicide picture of Pelle dead because it's extremely, extremely painful for Anders and his family, for Pelle's brother, Pelle's sister and all the entire Pelle's family to see the picture around. He even said that on the NRK documentary. So please, please don't share the picture anymore. Do it for Pelle, for his memory. And think that uh, every single time you share the picture, you are stabbing Pelle's family. You are hurting Pelle's family. So please, if you don't want to see Anders' family, Pelle's family suffer anymore for the picture, please don't share it. Don't spread around the picture. Let's do it uh, all together. Thank you. Thank you to have participated to this part 2 dedicated to Pelle Dead. Soon will come out other videos, so stay tuned, subscribe, press like and share this video and even the other episodes on Deathblow Podcast. For suggestions and requests, Write me on DM on Instagram, devblogpodcast, or devblogpodcast.gmail.com if you have new ideas.
for right now. See you soon, guys.